Welcome back once again to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Patrick Vincent Crown, a.k.a. PVC. We're on episode nine. We've been doing this thing for nine weeks now. It's been it's been a riot. It's been so much fun. And uh, we just want to thank you, the audience, for listening in. You can now find us on more platforms than ever. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the top platforms. So uh, if you do listen to your podcasts on any of those, make sure you find us on there. And uh, just hit that subscribe button for us. Do us a little favor. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by my partner in crime, Jimmy Starr. He's going to be supplying a few questions. But our main guest today is the current reigning and defending Falling Star Wrestling Limitless Champion. That's right, the dark, the mysterious, the bloodthirsty vampire, Furio. He's breaking his silence and joining us on today's episode of the podcast. We're going to get into a few different things. We're going to talk about the evolution of the character, his inspirations, and we're also going to talk about... Um, it says here we're going to talk about Gollum. Is that is that right? Yeah. Okay. We're going to be talking about Gollum. That's right, ladies and gents. Strap yourselves in for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast with Furio. Jimmy, let's do it. So firstly, um, I want to talk about Furio. I want to get straight in there. How did Furio come to fruition and uh, was there an evolution to the character? Um, I believe there was a considerable amount of evolution and it was over time as well. Like I think when we got to what Furio would eventually be, um, which is essentially a vampire and that's pretty much was the focal point. Um, at, at the start, I, I just had the name Furio, and I had an idea for for a look and image. But in regards to the evolution, it was a lot of additional things added over time. Like, for instance, more on the face paint and the and the and the attire. I probably would say I'm not a, not a traditional a traditional wrestler in the sense of appearance, but but I remember like looking for, just looking for little things and looking for wrestlers that I could sort of relate to to make my own unique appearance and something that would be quite memorable as well. So the face paint wasn't always part of the Furio gimmick, was it? Um, no, not at the start. It was more, I had like the eyeliner and stuff just to add like a little bit of a an edge. But, but I thought like, I mean, watching guys like a great mood, even guys like Jeff Hardy and like Jeff Hardy used to change his face paint every appearance, you know, every, every pay-per-view, every, every night on Raw. And, um, yeah, I became more confident in like applying it as well. I used to have like this set design I would always, always put on my face, but then eventually I became more confident and just experimented. And over time, I kind of had like additional extras I would add, and just sometimes it would just be like a a completely new design that I felt confident putting on. And uh, but yeah, it was all like a gradual build up and sort of like a real sort of trial and error phase as well. So I know a lot of your inspiration came from uh, Japanese artwork and stuff like that. I'm sure you've, you've, you've mentioned that before. Yeah. I mean, I've always been into sort of like a good story and um, I think like the Japanese culture, they like to, I don't know if it's like the word exaggerate is the word I'm looking for, but sort of like make things more over the top than what they should be. So, so like you take a traditional story, say like, I don't know, so like, say like, King Arthur, we all know the King Arthur story, the sword and the stone, the round table, and this, this and that. But they would like pretty much just blow out proportion. Like King Arthur would have magical runes and things like that. Like the sword would be like 10 feet tall. And it was just kind of that overdramatic appeal that kind of um, gravitate, gravitated me towards that. And yeah, it was just finding like lots of ideas from 
the manga and like the fictional characters and the stories and just seeing what because I was attracted to it. So I thought like if I'm if I can find this attraction then how can I broadcast this to an audience and in return they will be attracted to to my character. So you mentioned the look and where you got the inspiration for the Furio character. How has the actual character changed, you know, when you first debuted him? He obviously looked a lot different. What about the way that he acted, the way that he wrestled, the feel of the character in the beginning compared to now? My original goal when I first started wrestling was just to be a good wrestler, like just be, to be able to go into a ring and have a match with anyone. Um, but when it started like getting into like the real depths of character work, it's you can't just like think of like putting someone in a headlock and then you've got them in a headlock. You have to think of what your character would do whilst they're in the headlock. If you're in the headlock, the recipient, how they would react and and things like that. But it's just finding someone similar, like to or even like you know, like you look at the um, the old school guys, like the the people who in the world sports world sports days who had like a a completely different character to than the normal wrestler. I mean, there's a lot of guys there who were just like wrestlers. They'll just go out there and wrestle. But then you had guys like Adrian Street and Kendo Nagasaki and people like that, but then they would add their own spin on things, like their own way, the way that they would walk, the way that they would move, and like the way they would apply holes and things like that. So I thought like of of people who would be similar to Furio, and believe it or not, it came down to um, Gollum from Lord of the Ring. <laughs> is that uh, is that because you were even without the face paint, you look quite a lot like him? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, well because I'm not a physically imposing guy it was like well who's the most like least physically opposing guy i can think of but you wouldn't want to you know you wouldn't want you to turn your back on him because he'll just that'd be the time where he would just jump at you and just grab you and bite you and gouge your eyes out and that's like and i thought well that's pretty much furio because he's not he's not physically imposing and he's not going to like steam in there and you know try and throw a few punches and try and get the upper hand because it's just not going to work so he's the kind of guy that's going to pick his moment and I thought of, you know, it, Gollum just was, just was the first person that came to mind like from a sort of like a a, pers- a character that's you know known by a large audience and like something that just <laughs> immediately came to to my mind so I started watching Lord of the Rings and things like that and just seeing how he would walk and move and jump at people and it was just like well I can probably incorporate something like that into into the acts like into the into the, uh, the style. That's awesome. So you're incorporating movies and theatre and manga and that idea of just taking a character and just blowing it up. You also added uh, a little bit of a martial arts twinge on your character. Can you tell me about your martial arts background? I've always been involved in, in martial arts, even from like quite a young age. Um, I think the immediate attraction was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I hate to show my age here, but like in it was like late 80s, early 90s, and you know, they were over. They were the you know, the the best thing on TV if you're a kid. But yeah, I mean I've always been attracted to movement and things like that. So um I've always wanted to like I always wanted to get into a school and learn learn how it worked and things like that. But but yeah, I kind of like dabbled through different styles as I was growing up, but then I stuck on Taekwondo, which I stuck to the very end. Um and that's and that's when I got my black belt. But yeah, I mean, it's always been a part of me, and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of um, good, good lessons from martial arts, like discipline and confidence, which is very important in wrestling. I think because I, I do believe, like when you're when you're learning an art or you're learning anything in life, that you should. It's always eyes open, ears open, mouth closed. 
and just take everything on board. So what you're really saying there is the Kung Fu Vampire Furio is technically wrong. It should be the Taekwondo Furio or what, what, well, what's that somebody that, that partakes in, in Taekwondo? Um, well, I mean, martial arts is a bit like wrestling because it's all the same, really. It's just like a diff- someone's idea on fighting, really, or um, discipline. But um, to answer that question, the Kung Fu Vampire, that was actually something Matt wrote um, on one of the Facebook articles. And I believe it was when I was wrestling the Gero. And I remember Googling Kung Fu Vampire because, um, again, I'm looking for ideas. I'm looking for um, something to stand out. And uh, it turns out there was a rapper called Kung Fu Vampire. Um, so that didn't work. Um, but I, I think I Googled something like Chinese Vampire and I saw like the, the Bruce Lee almost like undead Bruce Lee. And that's where the idea for the attire came from. Awesome. So your martial arts background definitely plays into pro wrestling in a physical sense and also an emotional sense. Can you tell me a little bit about how you incorporated that, please? When I first started, I told Jim um, that I was a martial artist and came from that kind of background. So it seemed natural to incorporate kicks and things. And it's like, because I had the muscle memory, so to speak, to throw kicks and strikes and whatnot. And they look good and you know it just seemed like a, a perfect fit to add to my uh, to add to my offense if it's something i could do and do confidently then yeah you know add it in there i do remember i used to struggle with um <laughs> i used to struggle with taking strikes because i spent like years and years learning how to i used to be terrible at sparring i used to get knocked out all the time so i spent years and years blocking learning how to block and then i come into wrestling and I, now i have to inevitably let people hit me it was like i don't want to be hit <laughs> i just spent years learning how to block and now you're telling me not to block but no like a perfect fit for like a, a unique style as well um something i was confident with and yeah just think like i should i should go with it i have to say that when rob turned up to the uh training school for the for the first time and he, and he told me that he very uh technically sound in in taekwondo there's always that element of worry when you're a coach to anyone who's ever done any legitimate fighting, are they going to be able to work on the performance aspect? Are they going to be able to be happy or lose? Are they going to be able to realise to know that we're looking after each other rather than trying to kick each other's heads in? But with Furio, that dissipated very quickly. He was so fluid when he first started his roles, his bumps and things like that. And you're right, Rob, you did just come in and, you treated your wrestling training as, as seriously as you treated your taekwondo training. You you did take that mantra, just going, keep your ears and eyes open and, and keep your mouth shut sort of thing, even though, you know, it's a bit looser with wrestling, but you did always have that discipline and that's what served you so well, even up until now, you know. I liken it to any aspect of life. You know, you go into a job and, you know, it's your first day on the job and you're looking at the you know, the, the guy who's been there the longest, you're not going to question him. You, you want to learn from him, you know, you want to sit under the tree. And yeah, it's just like, it's just been something that's been, that's just, that has been inevitably beaten into me. I used to be a right twat when I, <laughs> before I got into martial arts. It was, so yeah, I did learn the, learn the hard way, but it has, served, it has served me well and is, is something I'm proud of, like to, um, to take that, to take something from one art to another. Now, you mentioned about sparring there in Taekwondo and getting your ass kicked quite often. Now, I've known you for about a decade. And in this time, I I can't actually recall a period where you were off injured or had any kind of major injuries. Have you you had any major or minor injuries in the wrestling business? Yeah, because you're all dangerous bastards and you keep bumping (laughs) me around a lot. (laughs) 
Um, I can't like honestly like I hand on heart. I can't say I've had a serious injury, but I'll tell you. I'll tell, I will tell you a funny story. After like like I said, after years of like martial arts and whatnot and getting punched and beaten up, I come into wrestling and I'm and I've said like about trying to teach myself not to block. My God, the amount of chipped teeth I've had in wrestling is ridiculous. Like, I'll take a strike or something, I'll take a bump, and then I'll, my tongue will roll down through my mouth. I'm like, oh, I'm missing a tooth. I'm sure I'm missing a tooth. Motherfuckers, this is meant to be fake. You know? <laughs> but no, I've never, I mean, I've probably got the odd chip bone here or there. You know, you see, you get the aches and pains over the years and, and things like that. But no, I've never had like time off due to injury, I don't think. And and I've, I've, I remember like Danny saying this quite a lot, like whenever he's done seminars, if, as long as you can walk, you can work. You know, it doesn't matter if you're sick. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if you're crippled on, on some occasions. You know, you just got to get in there and do your job. Okay, so do you think maybe your martial arts background and that kind of um, discipline has helped you escape injuries or do you think you've just been really lucky? Again, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't say I've been particularly lucky because of the quality of the wrestlers I have been working with over the years. Um, but, um, but no, like certainly from a, condi- certainly from a conditional standpoint, um, I would say it has served me well because because you know, it's, it's been it is an active lifestyle martial arts and your body's constantly being tested. So in regards to like the the knocks and the bumps and whatnot, it, you know, I suppose it has endured quite well. But nothing can really prepare you for wrestling. Like this is the thing; it's it's one of those things where you have to reteach your body to do the exact opposite of what it's meant to do. <laughs> You don't go down the street, walk down the street, and suddenly you're doing shoulder rolls or taking back bumps or pile drivers or anything like that. So, conditionally speaking, yeah, I'm, I'm sure like the martial arts has, has helped me. Just uh, going back in time to to young Furio, what's your first memory of wrestling? Well, I do remember a um, a sexy tall blonde number called Hulk Hogan, which was my immediate attraction to to wrestling. Um, I cannot recall if it was a magazine or a TV program I saw him on first, but there was that initial attraction. And when I saw the, like saw the man and what he does in like on, on the screen, then it's like, you see the ultimate warrior, the road warriors and the big boss man. I'm like, there's more people like him. This is great. And then you just like, you just appreciate the, um, the, the sheer, <laughs> the sheer madness of it all. And, um, I think I became like a, a true fan when I saw WCW and the Cruiserweights and like I saw like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and Ultimo Dragon and people like that just have these amazing athletic matches. And I'm like, wow, you know, and these guys were small as well. And it was like something I could relate to being a small person <laughs> all my life. And there's like, these, you know, and they're doing some real cool shit. And it's, and it's like, wow, this is awesome. And, um, yeah, it sort of like took off from there in regards to like how I how I fell in love with wrestling. So you mentioned quite a few names there. Some of the bigger guys like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and some of the smaller guys like Mysterio and Guerrero. Were these the people that you were drawn to or did you have other favourite superstars? Yeah, they were certainly some of my favourites. Um, I'm a massive Owen Hart fan and I've, I've always been since like his uh, matches with Brett in the um in the mid 90s I've always thought Owen was a better wrestler and it was just kind of a hybrid kind of guy he had like the athletic ability he was technically sound but he could also be a good showman as well and it was when I was in high school me and a, a good mate of mine 
I started watching things like ECW and the Japanese stuff. And that's why I got introduced to guys like Hayabusa and the great Sasuke and the Sandman. I love the Sandman. You know, it's just, it's, it's wrestling. Is, it's just different strokes for different folks. And there's such a variety of, of characters. And it was, it was ultimately the characters more so than the wrestling. If they were a good character and a good wrestler, it was like in the jackpot, you know, but it's just like, there's a whole different world of wrestling just besides WWE and, Going even back to like the tape trading days of like where you'd have to like trade tapes for some like weird obscure Japanese indies, and you just see sometimes you hit like a gold mine of someone who's just completely different and really enjoyed the characters. So if you could um, sort of build Furio using different superstars from different kind of eras or different companies, which kind of guys would you say have influenced his his style and his character the most? Definitely the Great Muta. Um, I think. He's like the most relatable inspiration to Furio. Mysterio, I'd say, I'd say Mysterio purely because of like um, his ability to work with anyone with his style. I thought that was like a good something to take on board, like as an active as an active wrestler, especially if you're like a smaller guy. The old world of sport guys, like guys like Jim Brakes and Johnny Saint, like I've just loved watching them when I was when they had like the uh, wrestling channel on Sky. Yeah, just uh, I, I mean, I do love like watching a lot of the British stuff. Um, but even guys like a Mr. Perfect for just a sort of general feel for an all-round wrestler, but for certainly for like character work and presentation, it was Muta. But for like things like work rate and general wrestling ability, it was like the guys like Mysterio, Jim Brakes, Johnny Saint, Owen Hart, and, and people like that. And uh, and that's why you've always been such a valuable asset, Rob. Is you you can work with anyone, and I do use you a lot to work with the um, younger talent that's coming in because, you know, you do understand the importance. You understand the importance as a good guy as a, and as a bad guy of making people look good and you have the ability to, to do that. And I think maybe a lot of those guys that you, that you just mentioned there all have in common is, is that same trait. They were never selfish. They sold, they worked hard, they worked for the match. They just did, they didn't just work for themselves. And that's, that's definitely something that I can see in, in your wrestling. It's never about, well, what am I going to do? When am I going to get my shit in? It's not about me, me, me. It's, it's about the match. It takes me back to like, um, to my first matches and like going against, I believe my first match was against you and you and Matt in the tag. And, you know, you guys are very patient with me and um, you really walked me through that match and sort of like, you know, made me found my, find my feet and get me used to being in front of an audience. And that's like the thing I always like take with me if I'm someone's first, it's getting them confident, not like making them remember loads and loads of spots or loads and loads of moves or where they have to be, just like getting them out there, getting them in front of the crowd and just seeing how they, how they react. So you mentioned about your start in the wrestling business. How did it all start for you, Furio? Well, funnily enough, it actually started with Mike and Dave because um, I used to go to their their gym, the Pitbull Powerhouse in Cromer. When um, Christ, I can't remember how old it would have been. Um, it would have been like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, something around that kind of kind of time period. And yeah, I mean, I got, I mean, I got in the ring with them, and they showed me the roles, they showed me the bumps, they done some moves on me and beat me up <laughs> and stuff. They used to call me the um, the human water bottle because um, I used to drink loads and loads and loads of water. And when they'd lift me up for like a slam, it was like you could hear the water coming out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's where I kind of like got my first feel for like the the, the bumps and like the yeah the ring and and whatnot. And it was a good setup there. They had the um they had the ring and then they had like the gym equipment as well, so you could have a workout. And then I got into I was into my martial arts there, and that's when I seriously got into like the taekwondo and went for my black belt. Um, and then after that, when I got my black belt, I was looking for something else to do, like a new style to learn. And then I saw the um, advert in the Lin in the Lin News for Falling Star Wrestling um, has opened their brand new academy at Lin Sport, and it's like, wow, you know, I've got to go, I've got to go for it. It's literally down the road, you know. And um, I remember getting there, and I th- can't remember the guy's name. Um, he had he was tall and had long black hair. No, the name escapes me. But um, he, I remember he. I was like saying to myself, he looks like a wrestling fan, so I'll go talk to him and find out where the, the training is. That was Lewis. That was it, Lewis, yes. Um, I, yeah, that was it. That's a shame he didn't stick around because he, he had a good look. He was quite tall. He kind of like, it was like a little bit of a smaller undertaker. He had like the long black hair, but he was really tall. Yeah, he's a fucking wimp. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Star there, ladies and gents, not afraid to say what's on his mind. Anyway, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you subscribe on all the platforms that you listen to your podcasts on and make sure you give us a little like and a thumbs up and all that good stuff on the social media. Speaking of social media, you can find our guest on there, Facebook and Instagram, at Furio Vampire. You can find me at PVC Pro Wrestler and you can find Falling Star Wrestling at Falling Star Wrestling. You can find out when the next podcast is going to be and you can find out more information on our training school, the Falling Star Wrestling Training Academy. So it just leaves me to say thank you so much to our guest, Furio, and he will have part two next week, where you'll hear more about the Kung Fu Vampire and his evolution. We'll get into his first match with Jimmy and Matt, and of course, where he sees the character progressing forward into the future. So thanks again. We'll catch you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See ya. See ya.